Today we'll be discussing polio and some famous people who were afflicted with the disease. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. I'm a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Today, we'll be discussing polio and some famous people who were afflicted with the disease, something I like to call a polio quiz. That feels inappropriate. I'm just going to say that, to have fun at their expense. Well, all these people have recovered from polio and had Uh long-term effects as far as we know. And what I'm going to do, Ali, is I'll give you some various clues to the identity of the people, and you have to try and guess who they are. Terrific. I feel like our listeners might be like, is this 1941? What's happening right now? Why are we talking about polio? We didn't want to talk about polio either. I don't think this is something you wanted to be discussing in your lifetime. We wanted to uh, have this done with, eradicated, if you will. But here we are living in a world where polio, it's remixed and it's, uh, it's fresh again. What's old is new, huh? Well, to quote Eminem, guess who's back? Back again. So I guess we're going to do this in reverse order compared to what we usually do. We're going to start with a little breakdown about polio, and then we'll get into your quiz, your inappropriate quiz, Mm -hmm. Dr. Doja issuing quizzes on the back of a a disease, but I think that works. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I certainly don't know about polio because uh, I didn't need to. So uh, apparently I need to know again. Tell me about what this is and how it affects you and why it is back, back again. Yeah. It's a virus that's been around for really thousands of years. Even if you look at ancient Egyptian paintings, you can see they're depicting people with deformed limbs, with walking sticks that people assume was because they had polio. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a virus. It's a member of the Pico RNA viridae family and species Enterovirus C. So it's a type of Enterovirus. And Over time, it causes these peaks of infection and epidemics, and then it goes down, and then it comes back. And that's basically what we saw for many years. And even in the first part of the 20th century, you'd see epidemics in North America that would come and go. And then eventually, with the polio vaccine, things decreased over time. But if you look at the U.S., epidemics beginning around 1900 and even one episode in 1916, there are 27,000 patients reported and more than 6,000 people died in the country. And more than 2,000 of those deaths were in New York City alone. So really, it was a big killer back in the day in terms of infectious diseases. And again, for thousands of years, but especially in the early part of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. My exposure, that's not the right word given that it's mm-hmm. a virus, but my exposure to the idea of polio is seeing somebody with, as you say, some kind of deformity or limp or something like that. And it was like they had polio as a child. So Mm -hmm. it's a virus. How was it transmitted? How did people catch it? Yeah, it's through fecal oral contamination there, Ali. Mm, This episode keeps getting juicier. 
Yeah, so passing minute. you could imagine in countries, and especially we're talking about the earlier part of the 20th century in, in North America, sanitation wasn't what it is now. So you have contaminated drinking water, things like that. You couldn't you can get it. And you get infected. But in fact, most people who get it don't have any symptoms, but they can pass the virus along, right? So again, we've talked so mm. much, oh my God, in the past two years about viruses and asymptomatic and symptomatic and blah, blah, blah. But basically, you'll have the vast majority of people have no symptoms, but can pass on the virus. Some people will have what's called a mild viremic form, where you'll get kind of minor symptoms, flu-type symptoms, and then a very severe minority will get this kind of severe polio, which results in all those limb deformities and, and long-term sequelae that you talked about when, when you've seen some of those people. Okay. So people can be asymptomatic, which is part of the issue. You wouldn't know if somebody has polio and, and can pass it on. What are the symptoms when somebody does have it and yeah, knows I mean, that they have. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the severe ones because, like I said, you could just have like a flu-like illness, but the severe one. So this is like you start off with these excruciating episodes of back pain, pain in your lower limbs, and then basically you get severe muscle spasms, and then especially in children, you'll have this period where you seem, things seem to be going better, and then you'll develop this asymmetric flaccid paralysis. So what basically happens is asymmetric means it's not affecting both sides equally. So it might be one leg, one arm. Legs are more commonly affected. And then you'll just will not be able to use it. And you'll just have profound weakness of one side. During these stages where you're having either the weakness or those kind of intense muscle pain where it's racking your body with pain, that's when you can have breathing issues, that's when people used to need to be on iron lung. You probably saw old pictures of that. Mm -hmm. And so that it can be very severe in this kind of acute stage, but then people are often left afterwards, even when they recover, they can be left with this muscle weakness that requires them to use things like canes and, and, and assistive devices. They get poor posture and just residual weakness for the rest of their life. And it can affect somebody at any age? Yeah. You get it as a child. I've heard of those cases. Yeah, and yeah, it can affect any age. And recovery for a lot of these patients, sometimes you can still recover even if you have this weakness over time. But if you don't recover, then it's really lifelong disability for those patients. In the severe cases, I guess there isn't a treatment. What is the treatment in general? Yeah. So like a lot of viral diseases, and again, now we do have treatments for things like COVID, but a lot of viral diseases, there's no treatment. It's like when you go to your doctor, when you have like a sore throat or a cold, they're like, no, you have a virus. There's no treatment. You take antibiotics for a bacterial infection, mm. but you don't take it for a virus. So that is a bit of an issue that there's no real treatment. We can kind of help people afterwards with therapy and things like that if they have their residual deficits, but there's no actual treatment for the actual polio disease. By the way, there's an interesting snag with polio. If that wasn't bad enough in terms of the disease and how much it has killed mm. and, and, and caused disability, there's something called post-polio syndrome. So that's a patient who had polio and recovered, and things seem fine, maybe even for years, and then you develop weakness again. 
So you get progressive weakness decades after an infection. And then you get muscle pain, breathing problems, joint pain, fatigue, and no one really knows what happens. But they estimate that 30 to 40% of the 15 to 20 million worldwide known polio survivors have developed some sort of post-polio syndrome. So imagine you think you're out of the woods and then decades later you get this weakness again. And again, you can be left with a lot of deficits afterwards. So it is quite concerning. Okay. And the reason we are talking about polio is because speaking of it is quite concerning, it is back. New York State, Mm -hmm. I know in particular is where I have read about stories about polio making a comeback. Why is it making a comeback? Because weren't we almost all vaccinated against polio as children? Yeah, it's part of the routine vaccination schedule in the vast majority of countries. Very few countries, due to vaccination efforts, have polio still. Wild polio virus, so circulating in the community, really was only occurring in two countries up to this year, Afghanistan and Pakistan. Eh, Once again, you know, yeah. You're welcome, world, on behalf of my people, yeah. And so this past year, nine cases were reported in June in in those countries. But really, the vaccination efforts of polio have, we thought, had almost eradicated it. But hold on, just a quick pause there. There are no vaccination efforts in Afghanistan and Pakistan? There is, there is, but it's just due to inadequate coverage. Okay, it's a resource issue. It doesn't get to everybody. And you have sort of nine cases a year, which is still relatively low. In the grand scheme of things. Okay, okay. Well, nine cases by June of this past year. So Okay. But on a global scale, if you look at it, let's look at the vaccination efforts. There's been a 99% reduction in cases. So in 1988, there was 350,000 cases. And then if you fast forward one or two decades, there was only 33 in Okay. Bravo, medicine. Bravo. It's one of those things where you really see, I mean, we're not going to get into anti-vaccine stuff like this, but this is a clear indication that there was a huge effect a world-changing, literally, effect by vaccines. So the polio vaccines were introduced in 1950 by Salk and Sabin. These guys are famous researchers. Jonas, Jonas Salk. And well, who's the other one? Sabin? Yeah. Sabin, whose name, first name is escaping me. Mm, he's that famous, huh? Well, we know his last name. Yeah. And so they introduced the vaccine. And what they did was they did lots of trials on their own blood relations on their pets on school children some people say that it's reported that 100,000 monkeys were killed for the benefit of the development of the polio virus. oh boy yeah i mean i feel like we would have been overrun with monkeys as a society had they not done that isn't that a lot of monkeys <laughs> oh my gosh it's, it's now we're gonna have the we animal have... rights people after yeah, right? there's okay. enough people complaining about us and now we have the <laughs> animal rights so 1950, the vaccine was introduced. The number of cases in a year decreased from 58,000 to 5,600 in the U.S. So one order of magnitude. And by 1961, 11 years later, only 161 cases were reported. And the last basically endemic transmission in the U.S., so in other words, what we call the wild-type virus, viruses circulating around in your community and someone gets it, the last endemic transmission was in 1979, but we'll get to what's been going on recently, Ellie, because it's a bit of a issue. Children receive what we in, in North America get is an inactivated 
polio vaccine, okay? And that's very important. It's inactivated, so that polio vaccine cannot cause disease, okay? And we get it at two and four months, then again at six and 18 months, and then a booster at about four to six years of age. And that gives you 95% efficacy to preventing polio. So we would have all gotten that as children, okay? So that's just kind of getting at the vaccines and how well they do their job, basically. So you were right, there have been polio cases now detected. Earlier this year, there was a patient in Israel, a three-year-old unvaccinated child who suffered paralysis. And then other children in the community, all unvaccinated, were found to have the virus, but no symptoms. Okay, mm. so that's what happened in Israel. Then in June, British authorities found evidence in the sewage in London that it was spreading in their sewage, the polio virus, right. and they recommended that all children ages one to nine would get a booster shot. But then probably the case you're referring to, which is causing a lot of consternation, was there a young adult unvaccinated in New York City this past summer who got polio and had paralysis in their legs. And that was a confirmed polio case. And so that is a bit of a concern that was going on so much so that in fact, recently in the past couple of weeks, the New York City governor, Kathy Hochul, declared a state of emergency because they're finding more and more samples outside of New York City, in the counties surrounding New York City. So they put in a, a state of emergency. It really, it's not like emergency, like everybody has to like, you know, I don't know, like curfew. Stay inside their homes. Yeah, and, exactly. yeah it, it's mainly so they can implement faster measures to kind of combat this. So yeah, it's a bit, uh, a bit stressful in terms of what's going on. Again, lots of unvaccinated populations. Okay, so in every case, the people who are getting polio are those who don't have the childhood vaccine. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, there is a bit of a complication in this, okay? So, you may have read, Ali, and some people are saying that these people are actually getting polio from the polio vaccine, right? Which doesn't make sense because they're unvaccinated. So, I have to explain a bit what's going on because mm -hmm. I'm not trying to worry people, but it's very important to explain this, okay? So the question is, can you get polio from the polio vaccine? As we talked about in like North America and many countries, we give the inactivated polio vaccine. You cannot get polio from that. But in other places, they give what's called the oral polio vaccine. And so you can actually get what's called a vaccine associated paralytic polio virus, VAPP. No. no. No, no, no. From, we can't. I can't hear this. I cannot. <laughs> so you can get polio from the polio vaccine. That is a fact. From the oral polio vaccine. It occurs approximately. Why would that exist? <laughs> Why would that be a thing? It occurs. We, we don't have enough issues around vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my so basically, this oral polio vaccine is used mainly in Africa and Asia. And again, there's there's reasons for why it's used in terms of its efficacy and its ease of delivering it. Yeah. But this rare case where you could get it from the oral polio vaccine, like I said, 3.8 times per million. And again, only really in countries where you use the oral polio vaccine. So again, just reassuring people, US, quite Canada, well, not, not an issue, but we do have international listeners. And so it's important to be aware of that. So it's extremely rare, but it is a possibility. 
but there's something else and that's actually what's going on now. So I didn't know about this. I had to like look it up because I, I wasn't aware of what's going on. So then there's vaccine derived poliomyelitis. So basically we have the oral polio virus, which is the virus they know is found in these oral polio vaccines. Okay. Sometimes basically if you're in an area where people are getting the oral polio vaccine, but maybe there's not a lot of what we call herd immunity, or there's not a lot of vaccine uptake, basically, this virus can mutate and spread. So it's this virus from the oral polio vaccine, which is kind of spreading and basically infecting people. Another way to think about it is the oral polio vaccine contains a live but weakened virus. Okay, it's a live virus, unlike the inactivated. I have to say that so many times because it's extremely important. But sometimes that one can mutate that weak. He's like a weak little virus there. And sometimes he mutates and becomes virulent, dangerous, strong, and can infect people. Have you purchased the movie rights to this? Uh, no, because I'm, I'm being, I'm being, very, well, it feels like, but feels being like very dramatic. Be but listen, theaters, it, yes. <laughs> but listen, it, will not so in saying you and i now you're going to new york city say next month you're like oh my god there's this virus going around i'm going to get it you won't get it because you're immunized against polio so the people who are at risk are unvaccinated people now those unvaccinated people are gonna be like well i wouldn't even be at risk if the oral polio vaccine wasn't created because then i wouldn't have it okay well there's many ifs and buts in that discussion but what was said, and I'll link to this article and quote this person, Walter Ornstein, who's from Emory University, Atlanta. The quote is, the virus is very, very good at finding unvaccinated individuals. So, for example, an outbreak in the Netherlands in the 1990s kind of got a foothold in a community that had a very low vaccination rate. This was despite the Netherlands in the 1990s having a 90% vaccination rate. And then there was another one in Geneva, Switzerland several years ago, where there was two deaths and 59 cases of paralysis because of that. So you might be asking then, well, how does this, you said it's derived from the oral polio vaccine. How is that getting into New York and London, for example, mm. because yeah. they give the inactivated form. And it's obviously through migration. So people coming in from other countries where they've got the oral polio vaccine, then that virus from them may have spread, or maybe there's unvaccinated individuals who have it from other countries. So that's basically how it's it's kind of occurring. So again, not trying to worry people or anything, but the truth is the truth. And that's what we know through when the scientists, the virologists study the DNA of these polio cases in Israel, UK, and New York, that is oral polio vaccine derived virus. Right, which happens 3.8 people per million, you said. So no, so just to clarify, and I really, and, and people are like, how come you're not editing out this correction? Because I want to be very clear. When you get the oral polio vaccine, just getting it from that vaccine, that occurs in 3.8 million people, okay? But this, where the virus kind of mutates and escapes, so you got the oral polio vaccine, you may shed that weakened virus, but that virus mutates and becomes super strong and like a mutant crazy attacking everybody. <laughs> that we don't know how often that happens. As, as far as I know, and if someone wants to, my infectious disease colleagues want to correct me, we don't know how often that happens. We just know that it happens because of cases like this. Okay. But Infecting those who are vaccinated, people. yeah, exactly. Those who are vaccinated needn't worry about 
any form, regardless of how strong, mutated, or uh, resembling a Hollywood blockbuster film it might be. Uh, Is that right? Correct. Okay. Okay, Ali, we're going to move on to our long-awaited, well, long-awaited since the beginning of the episode when you guys heard about it. <laughs> well, actually, no, this is long-awaited for me because Asif told me, I'm going to quiz you on some people who have had polio. <laughs> and he said, do not look it up. And of course, when somebody tells you not to do something, or at least in my case, it's the one thing oh, no, you focus on doing. On. I did not. I did not. So for okay. me, it is long-awaited. And I'm like, buddy, you shackled me. Yeah. You repressed my curious mind for over a week. So here's how we'll do it. And obviously these, so what we're doing is we're going through people who've been infected with polio. I try to pick people who didn't die of it and who didn't have long-term problems afterwards, as far as we know, because obviously that would be a bit, a bit unfair. The other thing is that this is obviously older people because they were around while vaccination efforts were ah, still increasing. That's that's my so that's first a clue. clue, I guess. That's a clue. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Zendaya is not one of these people. Okay. Ah, that was my first. Yeah. Okay. okay. So don't guess her. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've picked a bunch of people. They are all in the arts of some form. So that's their first clue. Okay. We, we will talk a bit maybe about a politician at the very end, but that, none of these are politicians. Uh, Winston can, Churchill. That, no. This will be a footnote. Okay. The first, so I'm going to give you a bunch of clues. They're all kind of trivia type clues. And then Ollie's going to chime in. And if you don't know, based on one clue, you can just pass. I have about eight clues per person. And everybody play along at Margaret home. Margaret Atwood. No, no, just wait. Everyone play along at home. He's going to guess one correctly, right? And then ruin it. And then. Oh, yeah, that would, that'd be bad. Okay. And, and, and I will finish the clues, even if you guess correctly, because I think they're very interesting about these individuals. And play along at home. Just open up a notes page on your um, phone or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> or, or, or open a piece up your of paper. mind. Yeah. And then just see if you can guess before Ali does. See? Okay. All right. The first person. Their real name is Alfonso Joseph D'Abruzzo. Alfonso idea? Joseph D'Abruzzo. So, uh, Joey, Joe Pesci. Uh, no, uh, Robert De Niro. No, just, just, how about just one guess each time? Okay. 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 So, no, that's not true. Okay. Next clue. His father was a traveling singer in burlesque shows and tried to get publicity by having this person pose with a pipe. At two years of age, and actually it appeared in the Toronto Daily Star, the old name of the Toronto Star, with the headline, Child of Two Smokes Pipe, Once Broke Mother's Nose. Wow. This Al Pacino. I'm still on the Alfonso thing. That is not correct, but you're getting on the right track because Al oh. is a short form for something. Ah. That, that's a, so you're not bad. Has a current podcast called Clear and Vivid. Clear and Vivid. No, no, that gives me nothing, unfortunately. He's the only person to win an Emmy for acting, directing, and writing the same show. Acting, writing, directing. And his first name is Al. Is that what you're telling Close me? Close to that. Close to that. Alan. Oh, my God. Acting, writing, directing. That's so rare. That's unbelievable. Who would that be? Damn it. I can't. I'm coming up blank. Okay. I feel like... I'm embarrassed because I think most people listening probably have it. Yeah, I think, well, you'll get it very soon. Starred in the West Wing and ER. The West Wing 
and ER. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. He did a six month tour in Korea. We're not talking about George Clooney, obviously. No. There's no Al there. No. Six month tour uh, of, of duty. He was yes. a soldier. Yeah. No. Nothing. Okay. And the last clue was in every episode of Mash. Hawkeye? Are we talking yeah. about Alan Alda? Yes. Really? What? What? <laughs> Alan Alda's an Italian? Yeah. I did not know that. I had no I, idea either. So I, I looked it up. Okay. okay. So Alan Alda, you got out the last clue. That was good. So anyway, those are some interesting Listen, things. Alan Alda was in ER. Yeah. Yeah. He played Carrie Weaver's mentor. He was only in five episodes. And in oh, West Wing, he was one of the opposing politicians. In, sure, in sure, West sure, Wing. sure. So, okay. Oh so there we go. That was the first one. I think Ollie did, you know. Anyway. Not well. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. The next person. Okay. Ready? They grew up in a house with a blue exterior. Come on. What kind of random, okay, hold on. ridiculously random clue is that? Okay. Blue house. Nothing. Was rumored to have had an affair with Leon Trotsky. I got nothing. Okay. Had a pet eagle whose name was, I uh, see how good your Spanish is, Gertrudis Cacablanca. Okay. Great. So that means white, Gertrude White, white Poo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. God, this person had a great sense of humor. Okay. They're still alive, right? Uh, no. You're, oh, okay. An accident caused them to become an artist. They were in a wooden bus that collided with a streetcar, and this person suffered near-fatal injuries with an iron handrail being impaled through their pelvis. Good Lord. And because they were no. bedridden, they did paintings because they had nothing else to do, and they became an artist. Oh, so they're a painter. Yeah, I guess I get you two clues there. Yeah, okay. Painter among other things, or painter specifically? Mainly known as a painter. Okay. Played in a movie by Salma Hayek. Everybody knows the answer by now. Oh, Friedel Kahlo? Yeah. And then the last clue was okay. from Mexico. That would have also given it away. So, yeah. yes. So, Frida Kahlo. So, interesting. I didn't know. She had a lot of different exotic pets, but that pet eagle, oh my gosh. Man, well, life. She lives. Okay. Yes. The third of four, okay, for quizzes. This person was born in Fort McLeod, Alberta. Okay. Nothing. Went to the Alberta College of Art, but dropped out at age 20. Still nothing. This person had a baby who they gave up for adoption and then was reunited recently, like in the past 20 years. It came out that they reunited with their child. Okay. So it's a woman. Correct. Yes. And they are Albertan by birth. You're not specifying the type of arts that they're in? No. Okay. All right. Do not know yet. Okay. They suffered a brain aneurysm in 2015. Hmm. No, that's not ringing any bells either. Okay. Their first album came out in March 1968, Song for a Seagull. Oh, is it Joni Mitchell? It Who's is Joni Mitchell. Is? Yeah. Alberta, there Fort McLeod. Go. Like, God, why is that? I do not know that about her at all. Now, okay. I'm going to give you a couple other of the clues because Ali got it so early because they're interesting and they imply something with the next person you're going to guess. Okay? okay. So she was only one of three Canadian songwriters to be given the Order of Canada in terms of popular songwriters. You know, mm. the other ones were Gordon Lightfoot and Leonard Cohen. She has a famous song called Woodstock, but she was not at Woodstock, which is an interesting thing. Some people mm -hmm. don't know that. She requested all her songs be removed from Spotify in 2022 in a protest against Joe Rogan. I think you knew that, Ali. I did. I did. And yeah. 
One of her most famous songs, Both Sides Now, has been covered by over 20 artists, including Leonard Nimoy. What? Leonard Nimoy has a very famous album where he does all these covers, but uh, you guys can look that up yourself. Okay. Okay. So the last one, and then I'll do a bonus one, which is just more of of an interesting case. So this person was born in Toronto, but then moved to Omimi, Ontario. Hmm. That does ring a bell because this is a person who put Omimi on the map. And yes. I can't remember who that in is. In fact, they okay. did a recent concert there. This is a musical artist. In yeah. the past like 15, 20 years, they did a concert there. The first bands were called the Jades and the Squires. They were two different bands. It's not Neil Young, is it? <laughs> Ali's so good. It is Neil Young. It oh is my Omimi. God. Yeah, Ali. Yeah. Wow, you started off so badly in this yeah, quiz. And I now know, I know. You did. Okay. Well, I guess I have more knowledge about musicians than I, uh, than well, I thought I did. Now you guys need to hear the rest of the clues because I spent yeah, a long time researching do. them. Okay. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I love Neil Young. <laughs> so the Guess Who from Winnipeg with Randy Bachman as the lead guitarist mm-hmm. had a Coming. top 40 hit in Canada for a song called Flying on the Ground is Wrong. And that was written by Neil Young. I didn't know that. Okay. He was a studio session guitarist for the Monkees in 1968. Did not know that. He was in 2012 mistakenly reported dead by NBCNews.com because somebody else with the first name Neil died. Do you know who died? Neil Sedaka? No. Neil Armstrong died. Neil Armstrong. And, Sorry, I was going uh, music. I was really yeah. focusing on music. Uh, he is a son with cerebral palsy from one of his earlier marriages. He's currently married. Do you know who he's currently married to? I don't. Daryl Hannah, uh, actress from Splash Kill Bill. Yep. Okay. I did not know that at all. He was in Buffalo Springfield. I think people know that. He wrote Cinnamon Girl while nursing a high fever of 103 degrees. (laughs) He wrote Ohio after the Kent State Massacre. I figured by now you would have probably guessed it. Yeah. The only number one hit in his career. Do you know what it is? I don't. Heart of Gold. Which is, oh, yeah. yeah, after doing this, I'm like, oh, we got to do a whole episode of Neil Young. Heart yeah. of Gold is such a good track. Oh, that song so is great. I'll add to this trivia, Conan O'Brien on a podcast with Dana Carvey and David Spade. It's called Fly on the Wall. And they just, they, they basically have guests who are in any way connected to Saturday Night Live, either mm-hmm. as a cast member, writer, or host. So Conan was saying that in his years as a writer at Saturday Night Live, Neil Young's performance in that studio, Studio H or whatever it's called mm-hmm. in, in for SNL, was the greatest musical show he's ever seen, a musical performance he's ever seen, period. Wow. It is like he's that, never yeah. seen something rock so hard and so good and something he connected with on that level. Somehow that room really lent itself to rock and roll as far as a type of music when it was live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Neil Young just took it to another level altogether. Wow. The last trivia I had for you was... He had a song in 1998, which was unofficially banned from MTV for mentioning brand names of a lot of the sponsors who advertised on uh-huh. MTV. Uh-huh. You know that song? No, it's it? for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, and, of course. And he, he had all the huge parodies of like, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson was in it and stuff like that. I think it won Best Video later on. You know, it's kind of a, a makeup for Neil Young. So yeah, okay. So that's it. So all those four people had polio and have recovered. Like I said, I think out of all those people, they're all great. Oh my gosh. And legendary people. But Neil Young, there's a lot of meat on the bone still there. We'll, we'll do an episode on, mm-hmm. on him at some point. So the last person just talk about with polio, this isn't a quiz. Well, I'll ask you this question. This person was the 32nd president of the United States. Theodore Roosevelt. 
Not Theodore Roosevelt. Not Teddy, FDR. but his brother, FDR. Okay, yeah, that's right. He was in a wheelchair. Yeah. You're right, yeah. exactly. So what yeah. happened is he got a paralytic illness in 1921. His, and I want you to point out the problem with saying he had polio, okay, Ellie? Based on what mm. we talked about before. Okay. He had fever, facial paralysis, bowel and bladder dysfunction, but he had symmetric paralysis. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that before you even said that, I, I was going to say that, oh, interesting that it was his whole face and like parts and his of whole his whole body and both and all legs, right? Yeah. He's in a wheelchair. Legs, yeah. He afterwards, yeah. he wasn't, he didn't it wasn't a limp. Cave. It wasn't half the body. Yeah. So he was diagnosed with polio, but now retrospective, people think he had what's called Guillain-Barre syndrome, mm. which is a neuropathy you get again after an infection. It's not caused by infection, after infection. Again, we've talked about autoimmune diseases a million times. Your body makes a mistake, attacks the coating of your nerves, and that causes an ascending symmetric paralysis. And then when he recovered, apparently, his face was involved, it goes descending. It starts at the top, it goes back down. Oh, man. But then he was left with residual issues in his, his lower extremities. But his efforts led him to A, form a rehab center in Warm Springs, Georgia. Then he founded the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, which is now called the March of Dimes, which oh, we've yeah. all heard about. Sure, sure. And it led to the development of... The polio, the vaccine, polio vaccine, the oral polio like vaccine that. and inactivated form. So even though he probably didn't have it, his efforts led to their eventual eradication for the most part. For the most part. Of polio. Buddy, very nice quiz. I liked it. That's great. Yes, I that's get great. very nervous in quiz situations. I'm like, no, I don't test well. But that one was up my alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, more, again, more like I, I picked uh, mainly entertainment type celebrities, uh, which befits our show. It does. So, everyone, let us know what you thought about the show. Did you like this quiz? I'm certainly happy to do more quizzes and put Ali on the spot. Now, he might do the same Please. for me. I, the embarrassing thing is if you did a medicine quiz, and then, of course, I got everything wrong, people would be like, um, okay. <laughs> Let's stick to entertainment. We'll stick yeah. to entertainment so that your entire career doesn't fall apart after <laughs> exactly. one episode of this. Yeah. So let us know what you thought. Hopefully you found this interesting. We tried to combine something topical with a fun thing, but just doing something a bit different with the quiz for Ali. So. Let us know what you guys thought of it. Dr. V Comedian at Twitter, Facebook, we're everywhere. Instagram as well, for example. And reach out to us, drvcomedian at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Ali's book should be out now. If it's not out already. September 27th. Yes, so pick that up. Let us know what you thought about that. Definitely, you can also email us and let us know what you thought of the book. Do you want a sequel? Actually, if you want a sequel, email Simon Schuster, I would think, right? Yeah, exactly. Put the pressure on. Put the pressure on. And uh, remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about are for your interest and in information only, and they're not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.